Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited to bring you today's guest interview with Jenny Melrose, and we are chatting all about building your business alongside motherhood, what that has looked like for Jenny, as well as some Instagram do's and don'ts when you are selling a service and how you can kind of ease into selling your service on your Instagram stories. It's a really great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So Jenny Melrose is a former reading specialist who retired from her teaching career when her blogging income far exceeded her salary. Through hard work and dedication, her lifestyle blog, The Melrose Family, became a regularly sought out by nationally recognized brands such as Neutrogena, Smuckers, Glad, Costco, Stanley Seamer, Sara Lee, and many more. She is a content strategist that helps entrepreneurs better understand their messaging and unique position in the online space. Now she's combining her passion for teaching with her extensive experience of creating strategic content for online business owners via JennyMelrose.com and her podcast, The Influencer Entrepreneurs with Jenny Melrose, as well as her first book, Influencer Entrepreneurs, the four-step framework to building your audience, growing your business, and making more money. Let's go ahead and meet Jenny. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Jenny, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to chat with you and learn a little bit more and help hopefully your audience. Yeah, absolutely. You will. I know you will. So before we dive on into all the great stuff we're going to talk about today, I would love for you to just take a little bit of time, share with our listeners who you are, a little bit of your backstory and how you got to where you are now. Of course. So my name is Jenny Melrose. I um, was a former inner city school district teacher for nine years. And at that time, I also started a lifestyle blog as like a side hustle. Um, it really started off as a hobby for me and grew to the point where I was able to replace my teaching salary, retire from teaching at 35. And we moved from New York down to North Carolina. And now I also work primarily with entrepreneurs that are online that are looking to really grow, scale their businesses through my coaching and also service and products that I offer. That's awesome. Now, I, I kind of like to know this too, just having that teaching background and, yep. you know, we have that similarity there. What was it that made you want to look into a side hustle or look into something else other than teaching? 
I love that you asked that question. So my side hustle actually came because I had lost myself as a new mother. When I started my blog, my oldest was six months old and my husband was always saying, you need something else. You need something outside of that. You kind of have lost who you are. You don't have a hobby. He was playing golf all the time. I need something for me. And I was a creative writing major in college and then blogging was a thing and figured I'd just give it a try. I enjoyed it and was able to meet this whole networking group of bloggers that were out there. Didn't realize how much of like almost a new kind of society it sort of was. And then was just able to grow it, turn it into a business so that it could replace that salary for me. I loved teaching, but it had changed and it was different. And I felt like I wasn't successful as a teacher walking into an inner city school district classroom. I had over 300 kids on my roster and I was a reading specialist where I was supposed to be taking small groups and my small groups were supposed to be five kids. I was taking 19 fifth graders, which was just insane in a tiny little classroom. It, I just wasn't successful and felt like I was set up to fail and needed for my own sanity to be able to kind of run my own business, do my own thing. And once I left teaching, realized that I missed teaching. So I started to turn back into it by teaching adults and women that were looking to really create these successful online businesses. I think we're soul sisters because that's, you know, very similar, <laughs> similar path for me, but that's, you know, that's why I've slowly made that transition too, because you know, I've taken a lot of my skills that I've had as a teacher and I've helped, you know, other online entrepreneurs grow their business being a freelancer and now stepping into that coach role because once you leave the classroom, you're kind of like, I miss that connection. I miss seeing those light bulb moments and that never leaves you even if you leave the classroom profession. Yes, absolutely. And I think too, as teachers, we're very strategic. We understand and can break things down so that we can articulate to different people that learn different ways how to get to that end goal. Whereas a lot of times when I was looking to try to grow my own online business, it would be all over the place piecemealed and I couldn't follow how they were trying to get me to the end result. So for me, it made sense because I'm very strategic. I'm going to take you from step A and you're not getting a Z without going all the way through the alphabet in steps in tactics. So yeah, love that. All right, let's shift gears a little bit because I know something that you're really great about is helping people figure out the problem that they solve. So what kind of advice can you give to my listeners as they're freelancers and they're getting ready to step into that role of, I want to be seen as an expert and I want to get really good at solving this problem for my potential clients. What kind of things do you have to offer to them? Yeah. So I think it really starts with, first, it's going to start a little bit with your passion. What do you love to do? You don't want to be stuck doing something as a freelancer that you really don't enjoy. You don't get energy from. It feels like it sucks the life out of you. That's not the purpose of being your own business, right? If we did that, we would stay with our nine to fives and corporate jobs. But not only that passion, but also then kind of listening to what are you getting questions about? What are people asking you about? What are people saying? Oh, you're so good at that. You understand it. For me, it was always the teaching. People would always say, I've never heard someone explain it the way that you just explained it, that I understood it on the first try. And that was where I was able to say, okay, I need to go back to the teaching side of things to be able to do it. 
So oftentimes I'll tell people, start with people in your life, your friends, your family, put up a post on your personal Facebook, asking people to tell that you the one word that comes to mind when they think of you. And that one word will often kind of guide you in like what area you need to be kind of focusing in. Do they see you as a creative? Do they see you as being someone of kind? Because honestly, kindness can be part of what you kind of infiltrate into. You might be better off in like a customer service kind of side of things, doing something as a freelancer as compared to someone, maybe that's more of an introvert that wouldn't be a good fit. It definitely should be based on your personality and also the questions that you're hearing. If people are routinely asking you the same thing over and over again, that's a need, that's a service, that's a product to be able to step into and offer it to those that are asking. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to, we chatted a little bit off when we were hitting, before we hit record about taking those problems that you solve and creating content around that so that you can get seen as the expert. And I know you are really great at talking about how you can do that through Instagram stories. So I'd love if you share a little bit about that, because I know that we're always looking for new ways to be able to showcase what we offer and how our services can help our potential clients. Yes. I think when it comes to Instagram right now, it is the easiest platform to be able to talk to people and better understand what it is that they need. You can set yourself up with your profile, being able to share exactly what it is that you're going to solve for them, giving them an opportunity to not even just DM you, but to have that conversation, but also to grow your own list so that you can show them and showcase what it is that you know. Through the feed, you're able to put a description in with your beautiful photo that you're using, but telling that story and giving tips. If you're a VA or a virtual assistant that um, maybe works on evergreen funnels or you work on Pinterest marketing, whatever it might be, thinking about how can I supply my audience with content that shows that I am the expert, that I do have knowledge. Then from there, because your feed, of course, is always going to be there, but then using stories to give the behind the scenes. What does it look like to work with you? What is the day to day? What are the, some of the tasks that you are doing? Personally, I want someone that's going to be a perfect, I can look at as the expert in that particular topic, whether it is Pinterest, whether it is Evergreen Funnels, I want you to have an expertise. I don't want someone necessarily that's going to be a jack of all trades because I'm probably going to have to teach you the way that I want you to do certain things then. Whereas if you're an expert in funnels or Pinterest or email marketing, I am going to feel like I don't need to to teach that. Mm -hmm. So you can share that easily in Instagram stories, having a conversation with people, asking them questions. What are they you know, struggling with? This is where you really get a better idea of what it is that your audience needs, because you can use a poll and say, are you looking for more um, pinnable images or are you looking for more of a strategy for Pinterest? And then based on that poll that you put up, talking to those people continuing in direct message because when you use a poll like that you can see who has said what so if someone voted for the pinnable images over the pinterest actual strategy go and dm them and ask them hey what kind of pinnable images are you looking for are you looking for something you can use for canva or photoshop or are you looking for templates What does it look like that you actually want? Now, what happens with that is not only are you getting information about how 
I can better serve people, but now you're going to help the algorithm and you're going to come up in the front of a lot of people's story bubbles and their feet. Second, you get into somebody's direct messages, you then are going to be seen a lot more by them. Yeah. And that's important, especially with the algorithm. I mean, that thing changes like crazy and it's yes. important that we stay front of mind for, for people. So those are really great tips. I love that. Now, what if someone who maybe they don't feel confident enough, like they're not feeling like they have enough to show or to share, how do you, how do they go about getting on stories when they are already not feeling confident about their services? They kind of feel like an imposter. So one of the things I actually talk about in my book, Influencer Entrepreneurs, is the importance of confidence and not necessarily that you're born with it. A lot of people that you will meet, you'll just assume, oh, they're so confident. They're, they're an extrovert. It's easy for them to talk. Someone to look at my stories or to look at my Instagram profile. That's probably what most people would think. But in all reality, I'm an extreme introvert. I hated getting on live video. It was really tough for me to get in front of the camera. I still am terribly awkward when I get photographed, but it's a muscle. It's something that you have to work at to build up that confidence. So in my book, I actually talk about faking it before you make it. And it's that trying to put out the messaging and the information so that you get more and more comfortable with it. Stories are great because disappear in 24 hours. So if it's horrible or if you're not getting the right interaction on it, it's gone. Who cares? Putting it out there is going to be important. And I think we are so often with Instagram in particular, so used to it being this professional, perfect feed that the stories now allow you to be no makeup and sweaty and whatever else after a workout. And then you're going to talk to your people. They want that side of it. They don't want the perfect. So it's honestly often ripping that bandaid off. And as the more and more you do it, the more confident you become. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And especially about the not wanting the perfect. I think even like now so more than ever, you can tell when someone's not being authentic, when they're trying to, you know, put on a show for you. And I am more attracted to watching someone like flub up their words. Cause I'm like, I do that all the time. Like that is so, so me. So it's, it's how it's like when you see someone do that too, it's like, Oh, okay. I'm not alone. You know? So flub up your words and mess up, you know, it, that's okay. Like that's what people want to hear. I, a hundred percent agree to the point where my podcast has always been with me with the mumbling, with me with kind of trying to get my idea or my thought together. I'm not going to ask the editing to be done to take that out. I want people to hear that because you can hear and almost see the processing that's taking place. Um, you obviously can see me. You can also see that I talk with my hands like constantly. Um, but that is just that's part of the personality, and people are going to decide whether or not they're attracted to that or they're repelled by that. And it's okay either way. You have to understand like when it comes to this and being, especially online where you can get in front of people so easily through something like Instagram stories is that you're not meant to attract every single person that is out there. There's probably someone else that's going to speak better to them. Um, you should have an ideal client, an ideal person that you want to work with. And sometimes, yes, you're talking about their business as far as like, if you're wanting, maybe you want to work on the Pinterest side of things and you're going to just, you want to work with a food blogger. 
but it also can have to do with family life. It can have to do with you. Maybe you want someone else that has kids. A lot of my clients that will come to me, they're looking for me to be a mom because they're a mom. So that if I can understand and I can figure out a schedule with kids home full time because of COVID, they are going to appreciate the fact that I can hopefully help them do the same. You know, you're going to be attracted to those that have similarities to you. And the only way they're going to know if they have those similarities is if you get yourself out there and just show who it is that you are. Absolutely. And it's like a window into it. And it's kind of, it's, it's so different when you translate it to online because it's different than going in for like a job interview and it's all professional and you sit down with someone face to face. They oftentimes when someone's hiring you, they don't get that same thing. So if they're able to see your personality, if you're able to get on a Zoom call or get on your Instagram story so they can see who you are, and it might not be that you know every single thing that they need you to do, but if they can see your personality and they can see who you are, then they might be the one to say, oh my gosh, like she's the right fit for me because she's a mom or because she gets where I'm coming from, different things like that. Yes. And they go from a somewhat warm lead because they've seen you do a perfect Instagram post to an even warmer lead when they see you on stories because now they feel like they know you. I've gone and spoken at conferences before where people have walked up to me and started asking me about my daughters. And I'm like, I'm sorry, who are you? And how do you know the names of my kids? And they're like, Jenny, you talk about them all the time. You talk about them, you show them on stories and you talk about it in the podcast. And I'm like, oh, right. Good point. Okay. Yeah. What were you saying? <laughs> but it does, it kind of like the first time it happened, I kind of stopped back and was a little creeped out by it. But it is. They, they feel that connection with you. And a lot of time, especially now, people want to know, like, and trust you in order to hire or buy a product or service from you. Mm -hmm. So having, giving them that opportunity is really important. Yeah. And to go a little bit off of what you said too, about the behind the scenes stuff, I'd love to get your input on this because I often struggle with this too, just the, with the way the world is. And I mean, it's great for building an online business and having, being able to have access to people and see the behind the scenes. But how do you define that line of showing like your business and your personal life? Like I know I struggle sometimes with having my kids be in everything just because I, I don't know what other people's intentions are coming into my public Instagram. So I'd love just to hear a little bit about any advice on that. Yes. So I would say you definitely have to decide where that line is. I have some clients that won't even call their kids by name and they've had their blog for 10 years and they come up with like a pet name for them. And that's what they're going to call them on their blog because they feel like they don't want their kid's name out there in anything and it won't put pictures up. You need to decide where that line is for you. For me, when I had my lifestyle side, the Melrose family, it was our journey as a family. And I, my girls were always part of it. I actually sold that site last spring. And when I sold it, I had said to the new owner, I'm going to take all of the photos of the girls off of the site prior to closing on this deal with you. And she said, oh, that's fine. And then the day we were supposed to close, I emailed her and said, listen, I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to be able to take the pictures off. I can't do it. I can't pull these pictures down because it's their childhood. I could see them growing up and the different content that was part of it. And it, that's how my people often that audience had connected with me, but it was also part of their journey. So again, like decide where that line is and put out what you feel comfortable with. And 
try not to take it beyond. Um, I've definitely seen some people that will talk about family members or they'll talk about their divorce with their husband or the bash. Just remember that whatever you put out there is out there for everyone to see. And if you feel a little uncomfortable talking about it, I would say step away from that topic and don't talk about it. I will tell you though, by allowing to talk about the personal and the things that you are feeling, for example, when COVID first happened, I kind of went into my shell and I wasn't able to do stories because I was struggling with how this was gonna look for my family, for my business. And I had someone say, where have you been? And I was like, I just didn't know how to talk about it. She's like, we need you to talk about it because we don't know how to handle it either. And by you talking about it, it makes us feel more normal. It makes us feel like, okay, she doesn't have it together either and that's okay. And it almost is kind of giving them that ability to feel like, all right, I can kind of move forward and I'm going to figure this out too. Sharing when you can and when you do feel comfortable, I would definitely recommend. I have definitely been open books, shared pictures of the girls, shared stories, but there are definitely some things that I don't share that I feel like, nope, that's not for everyone. And I can normally get that feeling inside. You get that understanding about mm -hmm. it. Do you feel like there's ever sharing too much? Like, do you ever see where people kind of go overboard on their stories and they share every little part of your, their day. Is there a happy medium on what you can share as far as your business and your personal and still not turn? I mean, obviously you, like you said, like you're not going to attract everybody, but you obviously don't want to be that person that's just posting, 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 and there's no point or there's no real logic to the storyline. Yes. I think when you do your stories, one of the best things that you can do is think about how does it relate back to my business? Does it attract that mom that I want them to see that I'm like working by the side of the pool while the kids are swimming? So is there some sort of connection or is there something that like is everyday part of my life that I'm going to share in that story? There's definitely been times where I've watched other people share things. Like for example, a husband and wife got on and talked about how they were breaking up with their divorce and she's crying and he's crying. And I'm just like, this is making me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe for some of her audience, that was perfect. They needed that. They were going through the same thing. And it did make me decide, you know what, this isn't the right account for me to be following. And it repelled me. And that's okay. She probably had others that were attracted to it. I think when you're thinking about your own content to share on Instagram stories, one of the best things you can do, I always recommend try to share three to five times per day. So I actually have an Instagram story planner that walks you through trying to be consistent with it. Share something in the morning that you normally do. Maybe it's walking the dog. My dog is normally on my Instagram account once per day. He is part of it. He interrupts podcast interviews. He jumps on, you know, people in my audience know him and expect to see him. The middle of the day, you know, just trying to get those times where you can consistently get in front, even if it's the same content, and then work in your tips and your stories about your business and tying it in so it's natural. Okay. I love that. And then I'm going to kind of, as we wrap this up, I'm going to kind of give you a loaded question just because I know that there's probably so much that you could say, but a lot of my listeners are also moms. And I know that you've built your successful business. You said you started your business when your daughter was six months old. So how do we navigate the building the business and being the mom and finding that happy medium? Is there any happy medium? I'd, I'd just love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So the first part I will say, I do not believe in balance. It does not exist. Um, we are constantly in a state of pivoting and figuring out what is working at that time. 
especially right now. But I will say that it starts with boundaries, setting up boundaries of when you're going to work and what the expectation is. And that needs to start with you. And then it needs to go to your kids and it needs to go to your significant other. You need to communicate with them. When things are feeling like you're resenting them because they're not picking up the slack or you feel like you're doing more than they are, you have to have that conversation because otherwise they're not gonna know. I, I know that you know you see all these funny memes and things on stories or on Instagram about the husband that isn't getting things done, doesn't pick it up, doesn't do this. They're not mind readers. They're, and if you don't communicate it to them of how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way, they're not going to understand how they can support you. So I would definitely say boundaries are important to start with you and like where your day is going to look like. Um, and having a conversation about your kids, we had to talk about the fact that mommy is on her computer. She's working. If it's during the day and I'm grabbing water and my phone is in my hand, I'm still working. That's part of like my day and what my tasks are. For a long time, my girls didn't understand that. And I actually had something recently happen where my oldest daughter is 10. We were with my family who doesn't totally understand exactly the way that my business works. And they're very traditional in the way things are done. Don't understand entrepreneurs. Um, they were watching Holy Moly, which is this cute little golf show. And my brother was sitting there next to my daughter and a guy came up and it said his job description was an entrepreneur. And my brother said, well, that's just also known as unemployed and doesn't work. And my 10 year old was sitting next to him and she looked at him and said, that's not true. My mommy is an entrepreneur and she makes a lot of money. <laughs> and it was left at that. But if I hadn't had conversations with her about we're able to go on a vacation because mommy is working when you're home and I'm not able to go to the pool because this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it and this is how mommy makes her money. I think you have to have those types of conversations with your kids so they can understand what it is that you're doing. One of my visions for my business is because my vision is that I want all the little girls in the world to be able to know that there's not a glass ceiling. And the only way I can let them know that is by affecting their mom, their aunt, their grandmother's business and helping them see successful businesses in their lives. And you can have a successful business, but you also need to talk to your kids about it. What is it that you're doing? How are you making your money? Let your girls know. Mm, so, I can go on my soapbox forever. I know. It's so, so good. <laughs> I, I have this conversation. My husband and I have this conversation a lot because I don't like, I don't feel that pressure. Like I feel like it was placed on me and not that it's wrong. I feel like, you know, as times change and evolve, things become more available and different opportunities that are available to us now maybe weren't the same as when our parents were growing up and they just saw that this was the path. But I say to my husband, you know, I don't think I'm going to force college on, we have two boys on our sons. I don't, if that's something they want to do, then that's fine. But if they want to start a business, if they want to try something online, who am I to say no? Because that's what I did. I went to my husband and said, Hey, I've got this crazy idea. I want to do this. And he said, sure, let's try it. Like, what do you have to lose? This life is so short. So I, I love that that's part of your mission and what you talk to your girls about too, because it's so important to see that there's not just one path. And I, sometimes I go back and I think, you know, I wish I would have 
started this business, you know, before I went into teaching, but I think a lot of those things are all part of our path and they lead us down the road that we're supposed to go on. But at the same time too, it's like, there, there are tons of opportunities out there for everyone. And it doesn't have to be this, go to college, get the job, sit in the chair, nine to five. You can have a little freedom and flexibility. Yes. No, a hundred percent. I could not agree more. I always feel that everything that has happened to us in the past, the decisions we have made and the journey that has taken on us is brought us to where we are. Those things were meant to happen. You were meant to be a teacher and leaving because we probably wouldn't have connected so easily if that hadn't been the case. And you also teaching, you're now able to teach easier because of that education that you do have. You know, I definitely agree that you, you just move forward. You do what you can. And as much as you can have conversations with your family and friends about it so that they can better understand what it is you're doing, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. That was the one thing that really stuck out to me, what you said about communicating with your husbands and not being mind readers, because I will have a lot of my friends say, Oh my gosh, like your husband's so great. Like he, he just, he knows that he gets it. And I say, no, he doesn't get it, but we talk about it. And I tell him, Hey, I've got this, you know, we sit down and say, what does your week look like? I've got this and this coming up. I'm going to need your help there. If I weren't to do that and the kid was crying and then it would be this whole mess. So communication, it's, it's like number one, if you don't have that, if you can't talk to your spouse about it, because they're not, they're not mind readers. They're not going to get it. They're not going to understand it, especially if they're not also an entrepreneur. They don't understand, like, I'm going to have a call from here and I need it to be quiet. I'm going to record a podcast episode. I need it to be quiet. <laughs> All the things. Yeah. A hundred percent. Awesome. Well, Jenny, you, this has been amazing. I'm sure we could go on and on and on about all the things, um, but I would love for you to share with my listeners where they can come connect with you and, and learn more about you and what you do and all the things. Follow you on Instagram and all the stuff. Absolutely. So my Instagram handle is at Jenny underscore Melrose. Um, I'm always in my direct messages. So if you have a question from this episode, anything, feel free to reach out to me. I also do have a podcast as well. It's called Influencer Entrepreneurs, same as my book. And it's on all of your favorite listening apps. And then also JennyMelrose.com is my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, again. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. And I know my audience is just going to love this conversation. Thank you so much, Aubrey, for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.